toxicity is a very, very big problem. And this is one of the main things we're trying to publicize in our research because we don't think it really gets enough attention in the media. But our best estimate is that about one in 10 employees in America experiences toxic culture. So this is millions and millions of American employees who are really having this huge negative impact on their life every day. And there's all sorts of evidence about how bad toxic culture is. It increases the risk of major disease like diabetes and cancer by 35 to 55%. There are a whole variety of reasons why this is such a big deal. And it is very prevalent. So we would say about one in 10 employees experiences this, at least in America. So toxic culture matters a lot for organizations because chances are, even if your organization has relatively healthy culture, it's one of the main reasons why your employees are leaving. So attrition is one reason. Overall employee satisfaction, which is closely related to engagement, is another reason. And simply, if you're a senior leader, you probably do care about the well-being of your employees. And toxic culture is something that can severely negatively affect that. So there's all sorts of evidence, including that finding about toxic culture increasing the risk of major disease by up to 55%. So those are three reasons why you might want to care about this. Retention, engagement, and health concerns for your employees. I mean, this can spill over into pretty substantial healthcare costs, actually. You should probably also care about this because this does not affect different populations equally. So before this research, we weren't aware of the toxic culture gender gap. I mean, we thought maybe it existed to some extent, but we had no idea it was as severe as being a 41% gap between men and women. And if we weren't aware of this, there's a fair chance that the CEOs of these organizations aren't aware of that either. Welcome back to The Fix, where every week I interview thought leaders, world leaders, academics, business leaders, activists, and ordinary people who are taking action to build workplaces that work for everyone. Before we start, just a quick request. If you like our podcasts, then please hit subscribe now and leave a review. You can also sign up to our monthly newsletter and get in touch at www.thefixpodcast.org. According to the most recent Women in the Workplace report from LeanIn.org and McKinsey, the gap between men and women leaving their jobs is the largest it's ever been since the report was first published eight years ago. For every female director who is promoted, two women at the same level of seniority choose to quit. The report states that women are leaving companies that fail to deliver on the cultural elements of work that are critically important to them. Culture is our lived experience of work. It's the collective behaviours we all engage in day to day in our workplace. For many women, the lived experience of work isn't great. For example, the Women at Work report by Deloitte published this year finds that 10% more women are experiencing harassment, microaggressions and exclusion at work compared to a year ago. Overall, this is an increase from 51% to 59%. To understand how pervasive toxic cultures are, Charles Sull, co-founder of CultureX, and Donald Sull, senior lecturer at MIT Sloan Management School and co-founder of CultureX, analyzed the language that 3 million United States employees use in Glassdoor reviews to describe their employer between 2016 and 2021. What they found is a gender gap in men and women's experiences of toxic workplace cultures. Overall, women spoke more negatively than men about most elements of culture, including work-life balance and collaboration. The largest gap between genders, however, is for toxic culture, which they define as a workplace culture that is disrespectful, exclusionary, unethical, cutthroat, or abusive. 
Charles and Donald's previous research has found that a toxic culture is as many as 10 times more powerful than pay when it comes to retention, so as a predictor of employee turnover. Even if they don't outright quit their organisation, employees in toxic environments, they're more likely to disengage from their work, exert less effort and badmouth their employer to others. So it's a bad news story all round. And sustained exposure to a toxic culture increases the odds that employees are going to suffer from anxiety, depression, burnout and serious physical health issues. On today's episode, Charles Sull, who, as we said, is co-founder of Culture X, will be joining us to discuss these issues. Here, Charles shares some of his research that examines why people quit. We found that the most powerful driver during the first year of the Great Resignation was toxic culture. We found this had a 10 times as powerful impact as compensation. So this got us very interested in toxic culture. So we knew that this was important. But then this big research study about the Great Resignation made us think, wow, it's even more important. So we then did a series of articles, one of which was around when we talk about toxic culture, what exactly do we mean? So our methodology there was we again used millions of glass store reviews. And we wanted to see when an employee mentions a certain topic on a glass store review, what impact does that have on their overall employee satisfaction? And for most topics that we measure out of hundreds of these different topics, it only has a fairly slight impact on the overall glass store rating. So for instance, when an employee mentions compensation negatively, it's going to have an impact on the glass store rating, but it's fairly small. So about 0.1. But there's a certain handful of topics that we call the toxic five that have a very, very disproportionate, strong negative impact on the glass store rating. So we classify toxic culture as a set of five behaviors. These topics are disrespectful behavior, non-inclusive behavior, cutthroat competition, downright abusive behavior, and unethical behavior. Then we wrote an article about how to fix toxic culture based on a lot of evidence. And then we were interested in looking at the different ways toxic culture lives. So this is our most recent article. And to do that, we looked at tons and tons of different ways that toxic culture varies across different demographics on Glassdoor. So we looked at things like what are the healthiest cities for toxic culture in America? Parenthetically, it turns out Boston, very healthy. Las Vegas, very unhealthy. We looked at different role levels and we looked at all sorts of different things. But by far the most newsworthy finding we came across was what we call the toxic culture gender gap. And this is all a very long way to say that there is a substantial difference in the way that men and women experience toxic culture. And if you look on Glassdoor data, so we analyzed 3 million reviews and then 600,000 reviews to look at the post-COVID results. And what we found is that women are 41% more likely to negatively mention toxic culture than men, which we thought was a pretty astounding gap. According to new research published in the MIT Sloan Management Review, women are 41% more likely than men to experience toxic corporate culture. The toll of the pandemic appears to have widened the toxic culture gender gap. Over the six years from 2016 to 2021, women are 35% more likely to negatively mention toxic culture compared to men. The one thing Charles's research overlooks, however, is the relationship between toxic workplace cultures and gendered workplace cultures. There are numerous research studies to show that gendered male-dominated organisational cultures encourage leaders to engage in performative masculinity by being more dominant, assertive, aggressive, competitive and open to working excessive hours. All of these behaviours are an effort to demonstrate masculinity. 
This is what creates toxic workplace cultures. One of the reasons men are so unaware of the toxic nature of workplaces is often they take it for granted. They assume this is simply how work gets done. Researchers investigating this have consistently found that men are simply less aware of inequality at work. Here, Charles shares more on what his research found as it relates to the gender gap. There are those five kinds of toxic culture, and four of them are about being treated as less than. So that's disrespectful behavior, cutthroat competition, non-inclusive behavior, including things like favoritism and downright abusive behavior. And then there's a fifth form of toxic culture, which is unethical behavior. So that's not necessarily about being treated as less than or being mistreated. It's more about flouting rules and conventions. So what you see is women are much more likely to negatively cite the first four kinds of toxic behavior, which are about being mistreated. And they're about as likely as men to cite the fifth, which is about flouting rules and conventions. So I think as I understand the why, it seems like women are being systematically mistreated. We're doing a little bit of research in hybrid cultures, but we're not quite ready to publish. I mean, one thing we can say about trends over time is the toxic culture gender gap appears to have grown over time. So when you look at the overall sample from 2018 on, it's about 35% the gender gap. And when you look at just in the year of post-COVID, it's 41%. So does that have something to do with remote work? It's a little bit hard to say, but this does appear to be getting worse over time. Culture plays a critical role in determining employee retention rates. Given the great resignation that we've experienced over the last two years, we need to grapple with the uncomfortable possibility that toxic workplace cultures might be more prevalent than we would like to think. Here Charles shares how widespread the issue is. Toxicity is a very, very big problem. And this is one of the main things we're trying to publicize in our research because we don't think it really gets enough attention in the media. But our best estimate is that about one in 10 employees in America experiences toxic culture. So this is millions and millions of American employees who are really having this huge negative impact on their life every day. And there's all sorts of evidence about how bad toxic culture is. It increases the risk of major disease like diabetes and cancer by 35 to 55%. There are a whole variety of reasons why this is such a big deal. And it is very prevalent. So we would say about one in 10 employees experiences this, at least in America. So toxic culture matters a lot for organizations because chances are, even if your organization has relatively healthy culture, it's one of the main reasons why your employees are leaving. So attrition is one reason. Overall employee satisfaction, which is closely related to engagement, is another reason. And simply, if you're a senior leader, you probably do care about the well-being of your employees. And toxic culture is something that can severely negatively affect that. So there's all sorts of evidence, including that finding about toxic culture increasing the risk of major disease by up to 55%. So those are three reasons why you might want to care about this. Retention, engagement, and health concerns for your employees. I mean, this can spill over into pretty substantial healthcare costs, actually. You should probably also care about this because this does not affect different populations equally. So before this research, we weren't aware of the toxic culture gender gap. I mean, we thought maybe it existed to some extent, but we had no idea it was as severe as being a 41% gap between men and women. And if we weren't aware of this, there's a fair chance that the CEOs of these organizations aren't aware of that either. So if you do have this situation in your company, which is quite likely that women are 41% more likely to experience this terrible thing, toxic culture, than men, you would think that this is probably something almost on a moral level that you would want 
want to take steps to address. So I hope if you are a business leader listening to this, you do put toxic culture on the agenda to a greater extent, and you look into the toxic culture gender gap in your own organization. One of my favorite research findings is by the consulting firm Catalyst. Their research found that 46% of employees' experiences of inclusion are directly attributable to their line leader's behavior. This statistic is fantastic because it shows the direct relationship between a leader's behavior and an employee's experience of their workplace. Leaders drive culture through the behaviors they engage in, endorse, support, reward, and encourage, and culture in turn creates our lived experience of work. Here, Charles shares more on the critical role that leaders play in creating workplace culture. As for what causes toxic culture, it can be a wide number of things. In our work with CultureX, we see a lot of different causes for various cultural challenges, including toxic culture. I wouldn't say there's a single main cause, but I would say if there is something that allows toxic culture to remain unchecked, one of the big bottlenecks is that leadership essentially doesn't listen to employees. They essentially don't even know that this is a problem to begin with. And that's especially true in very large organizations where you know headquarters can be hundreds of miles away from frontline employees. And one of the most common patterns we see is that there's simply a lack of awareness that this is even going on within the organization. So if you do have an organization that overall suffers from toxicity, it's very hard to improve this if you don't have the buy-in of the CEO, because they're the only ones in a large organization normally who has access to all the different levers that you need to improve this. And it can be various things in different contexts. It can be about changing top team behaviors to model different social norms. It can be about creating new social norms within groups through intervention methods like the crew method, which we describe in the article. Interestingly, it can be largely a story around work design. So it turns out that stress can be a major contributor to toxicity. So when you're more stressed out, you're going to be more likely to let your kind of worst impulses rule you and get into toxic behavior. So doing things like increasing empowerment or simply increasing the amount of sleep employees get can actually be remarkably effective tools to helping toxic culture. But I would say that if there's one theme that kind of runs through all those actionable interventions that we found, especially in large organizations, it would be effective measurement. Because it's one thing to say, oh, I know that we have a toxic subculture there in the organization. If you have 100,000 employees in your organization, getting to that step can actually be very difficult. So understanding exactly how toxic culture lives across different geographies, but even across different management teams within the organization can be a very effective first step towards addressing the behavior. Given the impact that toxic workplace cultures can have on our mental and emotional well-being, it's important we understand how to solve this issue. Here, Charles shares what we can do. Be nicer to people. That's, you know, something we can all do, I guess. Our research makes it pretty clear that toxic cultures are systemic challenges. And unless you're in a relatively powerful place within the organization, there's only going to be so much that you can do as an individual to really change the system. So I'm sorry if that's kind of a grim assessment, but what we found is if you're in a truly toxic culture, and there are a lot of them in America, 
and you're mistreated as an individual what can you do you can report this to hr maybe they do something about this maybe they don't in a toxic environment chances are they don't so when we talk about fixing organizational culture there are certainly things you can do that evidence suggests are very effective but you really kind of have to have if not some power within the organization then at least a voice that senior leadership can listen to and one thing we found especially effective is getting reliable data into the hands of senior leadership and making sure that this is put on the CEO's agenda. According to Work Human, only one in four employees strongly agree that they feel connected to their organization's culture, and only one in three strongly agree that they belong at their organization. But all is not lost and organisations still have the opportunity to bridge these gaps. And it really starts with leaders. A lot of my day-to-day work involves working with leaders on creating more sustainable workforces. And as a leader, a key ingredient of this is taking responsibility and accountability for the cultures that we create and uphold. And for anyone who might be looking to change employers themselves, it's really important to evaluate the culture of a potential new home. To help with this, we have some questions you can ask during that recruitment process, which should better help you understand if the culture you're stepping into is actually going to work for you. These include, please can you describe what it's like to work here? What is your management style or how would people describe working with you? Can you describe the company culture? What are your company values? What type of people tend to succeed here? What are the best and the most challenging aspects of the company culture? What type of leader tends to do well here? And from a culture perspective, why do you think that prospective hires should join your organisation? Asking these types of questions in an interview or recruitment process can help you to get a better picture of what the culture is like. And it's helpful if you can to ask a range of sources, from the hiring manager to potential teammates and the receptionist. The more information you have, the better place you'll be to pick an organisation where you can be successful. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. A quick one before you go, if you love our podcast and you'd like more, then please hit subscribe now and leave a review. Your support means so much. Thank you for tuning into our episode today. If you're interested in partnering with us or being a guest on the show, then you can reach out through our website, thefixpodcast.org. You can also sign up to our monthly newsletter and contribute your story there. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you all again next week.